This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can listen to us on ESPN Radio, all the great stations across the country, Sirius XM 80, ESPN app, and of course, watch us on ESPN 2. The game yesterday that started out our day, Kansas City and Miami. Well, uh, sorry to the Dolphins out there. Uh, yeah, there's no leg to stand on anymore with the college football argument we have used against you in terms of strength of schedule because you're 0-3 against good teams and 6-0 and against bad teams. <laughs> Basically, under 500 teams you feast on, which is part of the sport. you got to do your job that way. But if the team is good, like Kansas City is, you find ways to lose. 21-14, they lose in, in Germany <laughs> yesterday. Um, 21 nothing in the first half. 21 14 nothing in the second half from Miami. 21 nothing in the first half. She's going to find ways of saying 21. And this is what we've seen from this team, that Mike McDaniel is easy to root for. He's a wonderful guy. He does things differently. You want to see him succeed because the way in which he cares about his players and how he operates, he just he feels like the anti-typical football coach, Smalls. Yeah. But the same narrative is still there, and they're doing nothing to dispel us from talking about that same narrative, which is they can't beat good teams. Yeah, today's kind of Trust Monday, teams that we trust. We've gotten to this point in the season where we're really figuring out who we can trust, and I don't know if we can trust the Miami Dolphins, at least not against good opponents. And you're right, we definitely want to root for Mike McDaniel. He is one of the better characters that has come into the NFL over the past couple years. I love what he's been able to assemble with this offense, but... When I have watched the Dolphins at point at points this season, I have felt like this is a Super Bowl contender. But when they play good teams, I don't feel that way. No, I'm with you on that one. And I just want to have this as an aside. Is there a better big game defensive coordinator than Steve Spagnuolo? Absolutely I, not. I, is there you know a better how one? I feel about Spags. I mean, even going no. back to 2007 when the New York Giants were playing the undefeated Patriots and Randy Moss and Tom Brady had 50 touchdown passes. Yep. Don't like, bring up the Patriots. Well, I'm just, I'm Josh just, McDaniels told me to tell you that. Well, well whatever. <laughs> I'm sure he's got plenty of time to talk to you now because he's not working as a head coach. But I guess my question is, like, when are we going to start acknowledging that because this defense is so good – Pat Mahomes and the offense have time to figure it out. Like, I get it. They can't throw the ball down the field. I think Pat Mahomes averaged three and a half air yards per attempt yesterday, which is nothing. Like, they're not throwing the ball down the field. Like, they've got to work on that. That's going to be fluid, I guess. But they've got time to figure it out because their defense is so good, and they've invested so much draft capital on that side of the ball. When you think about guys like Nick Bolton, you think about Brian Cook, you think about Trent McDuffie, like they, they, Legereus Sneed, they've invested so many picks on that side of the ball, and those guys are key contributors now, and they're actually making game-changing plays. That That's the part of George Karloftis is another one. Like it, it, They just keep investing on that side of the ball, and now you're seeing the return on that investment. And, yeah, Pat Mahomes and the offense, they're workshopping it because this is a young core of receivers. But their defense is going to give them the runway to figure it out, which is why I have so much trust in what Kansas City is going to be. Again, they're not as good now as they're going to be once the playoffs start. Remember, two years ago, 2021 season, the Kansas City Chiefs started off 4-4. Four 4-4. and four. Four and four. They were 500 at the midway point in the season. They end up finishing that year 12-5 and five and hosting the conference championship game. Now, they lost in overtime to the Bengals, but that game was in Arrowhead Stadium. Why would we not start off the season assuming that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be one of the final four teams in the NFL in the playoffs? You, you will. You do. There's no, there's no question about that. Let me yeah, ask- it's like the Golden State Warriors of the 2010s, right? Like, you started the season and you knew – 
hey, I don't know who's coming out of the East, but I can tell you who's coming out of the West. It's the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> They're the new Patriots. That's what we've said this forever. The last 20 years with, with Brady and Belichick, that's what this Chiefs team has become. But I'm going to ask a question that has never been asked during the Patrick Mahomes era about a Patrick Mahomes team. Okay? Ready for this? Ready. Is the defense better than the offense? Right now, I feel that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so think about that, ladies and gentlemen, for a second. If we have the defense in Kansas City better than the offense and that your weak link unit of this team is one led by Patrick Mahomes, good luck. But it's true, though, with the turnovers. I mean, they almost gave up a, a huge lead that they had yesterday. I said during the, the break. Strip, the strip sack. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I said during the break that even though Kansas City is 7-2 and two and they're finding ways to win games, they don't look like a Patrick Mahomes-led offensive Kansas City Chiefs team. And certain teams deserve the benefit of the doubt. Certain players, certain coaches deserve the benefit of the doubt. And again, they're winning games. They're finding ways to win the game. But because it's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid, we overlook the defense all the time. We overlook Steve Spagnuolo and what he's been able to do in Kansas City all the time because of the high-powered offense. But make no mistake about it, CC is absolutely right, and so are you. The defense has been keeping Kansas City in a lot of these games. Yeah, and Travis Kelsey did not have a big game yesterday. Um, what's interesting is this game started out with a scene on the, on the field where former member of the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill, is poking Andy Reid's belly, uh-huh. which is an interesting... That's how, actually, we start out the show every day. Smalls pokes me in the belly uh, before the show just to get us going for the show. Weird, but, Evan. Yeah, it's very weird. I, I can't believe you do that to me. But Tyreek <laughs> Hill... make it weird. Tyreek Hill... Um, <laughs> listen, I understand you're a great player, but you're wrong about what you said post-game. Tyreek Hill, on this being a rivalry, what? It was fun. I had a lot of fun today, man. Um, so football is about, you know. I feel like this is football's new rivalry. So it was a fun day to play football um, in a different location. So I had a blast. He's trying to make Fetch happen. He's trying to make this rivalry happen because he's at the crux of both teams that are the Chiefs who've had success with him, and now he's having success, or at least a modicum of success, with Miami. Listen, I get it, Tyreek. I went to the University of Illinois. We don't really have a rival. I try to start beef with every other team in the Big Ten because I want something to care about. I want a team to hate. It doesn't, you want to feel alive? I want to feel, feel alive. alive. <laughs> I'm dead inside, Tyreek. So I understand what you're trying to do here. It is not going to work. Uh, Joe Burrow and this Cincinnati Bengals, wouldn't we put them in more of a conversation yes. with a rivalry? You just compared Tyree Kill to Regina George. Is that what just happened here? No, mean Gretchen Wieners. Oh, my Gretchen bad. Wieners, my bad. Sorry obviously. about that. Sorry. Yeah. Her father but invented toaster strudels. This is, this is not a rivalry. No. What, the Dolphins Chiefs? No. A, he just, you're right. He just played for both teams. But the narrative is out there about the Dolphins losing to good teams because they've lost to a lot of good teams. And their head coach, Mike McDaniel, spoke about it post game. We're, we're all very aware. And we knew going into the game uh, that, you know, if we're going to lose, what, what the narrative would be. And that's fair. We shouldn't feel entitled to high opinions from the masses. As long as you continue to get better, ultimately, that narrative will s- subside. But that's on us collectively um, from coaches and players alike. If you want the narrative to change, um, change the narrative. So... We keep using, and I've used it a million times, the word narrative, CC. but I don't know that narrative is even fair. It's, it's fa- like Their wins are against the Chargers, Patriots, Broncos, Giants, Panthers, and Patriots twice. So overall, the most impressive win they've had would be against which team? I guess the Chargers, we'd say. Uh, the, I guess the Broncos scoring 70, the way in which they won. Yeah, I mean, you probably go to the Chargers. Okay. Yeah. There are three losses at the Bills, at the Eagles, Chiefs in Germany. 
Yeah. They, that's they, not a narrative. That's fact. No, it's not. It's a fact. They haven't beaten a team yeah. with a record over 500. Now, they're going to have plenty of opportunities to prove it to us because of their remaining games. They got, what, six opponents that are over 500? Mm-hmm. So they'll be able to show us whether or not they can get it done. They, they're, they're six when it comes to remaining strength of schedule. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what Wait, happens. Wait, but I got I to follow up on that because I know you well enough to know some of these wins with teams over 500 are not. You're not going to sit here and be like, "Wow, what a win!" Because there's two wins that they have to get, or one of two wins that I believe they have to get for us to come in and say, "Forget that they lost to the bad, te- the, the good teams." They have at the Ravens and home against the Cowboys. Because if you look at the rest of the schedule, home against the Raiders, at the Jets. Now that's technically an above 500 team. We're not going to scream and yell about that win. At the Commanders, home against the Titans, home against the Jets, home against the Cowboys, at the Ravens, home against the Bills. Yeah, I think the Jets are a good football team. I so think you the, would, you I would think, be, I okay. think the Jets are alive to win the AFC East. As crazy as it sounds, with Zach Wilson, I think the Jets are alive to win the division. And so those that's why those two games are going to be big games. And knowing how that defense yeah. plays, it ain't going to be a track meet against the New York Jets. If the Jets can beat the Philadelphia Eagles, damn it, they can beat anybody in football. Like So, I mean, I, again, Miami will have plenty of opportunities down the stretch to prove to us that they should be taken seriously as a team that can actually contend. Because, yeah, you can get fat in the regular season, beating up on scrubs in the NFL, but once we get to the playoffs, that goes away. you got to beat good teams to get to where they want to go. And so maybe that's why Tyreek Hill is trying to spark up the whole rivalry conversation with the Kansas City Chiefs because he knows in the end the Chiefs are going to be there. Right. And he yeah. wants the guys in the locker room for the Dolphins to feel the same about themselves. But it's hard to do that when you got proof of concept that you're just not good when it comes to beating good teams. Yeah, you are what your record says you are. And right now, especially after week nine, I think we know – at least pretty much who some of these teams are. Yeah, things could change in the second half, but we have a good sense of what most of these teams are after week nine. And I don't think it's a narrative at all to say that the Miami Dolphins can't beat a good team. Now they have opportunities, like you said, to do it in the second half, but as of right now, that is who you are. And if it's Chiefs versus the field in the AFC? Uh Uh-uh. I'm not doing it. No You're way. You're still taking the Chiefs. No, I'm not. I'm taking the field. Oh, you are. Yeah. I, you, you want me to take the Chiefs, though? I right? want you to take whoever you want. Oh, to yeah. Believe. No, I'm taking the field. Are for you kidding? What? For With what? Some of these Let's teams say to go to the Super Bowl. Chiefs are the, are the oh, field. Give right me the now. field in the AFC. I mean, you have to take the field. But I mean, uh, just I, <laughs> you have to take the field. But I know the Chiefs are going to be in the conference championship game. <laughs> right. Probably hosting that's it. A, that's <laughs> the thing. That's the thing. He's like, that's They've hosted the conference championship game. Every year that Pat Mahomes has been the starter. Okay, so right now, who do you think is their opposition in that game? The Baltimore Ravens. I think the Baltimore Ravens. I, I, as, I as, Cincinnati. As, mm-hmm. as well as Cincinnati is playing, they, they've got to play that well for the rest of the regular season. It's hard to be that hot. The, for an entire half of, of, a, of a season. I know. That's the, that's the thing. Like they've, they've won three straight games. It's hard to be that hot that long. We still got two months of football in the regular season to go. I just, I just think their margin of error is so small. Do I think they'll make it to the playoffs? Sure. But right now they're in fourth place in the AFC North. Think about that. That's like, wild. They're in With fourth, the way they're, they're playing. They're in fourth place. In the, they're in the cellar. Look it up. Like, could we – sidebar. And I know I'm doing that a lot. Could, could we could we could we actually see a division get four teams in? Yes, that that division. Could, could we actually Can see? I, could we done. could this be the year we see four teams for one division? In the Here's why. Here's why. Very quickly. Why not? Very quickly. The Ravens are going to be in. Yeah. You I'm ain't betting against uh, Joe Burrow. You're not betting against Mike Tomlin. 
and you're not betting against the Browns defense that you love. Nope. So it's easy to give a one-label answer to all four of those. I mean, look at it right now. I mean, that's the AFC playoff picture the right now. The AFC playoffs are stacked. I was just going to say, look at that collection stacked. of teams right now. So let's do this. Chiefs or the field to go to the Super Bowl? Oh, the field. Both, both of you are saying the field. I'll still take the Chiefs. You know what? I, I, I'm going to say this. I'd probably take the Chiefs, too, because mm-hmm. look at how stacked that AFC field is. Think about how much of an advantage you would have if you're the number one seed and you got a first yeah, round l- bye. Let them play. We don't need to play. Exactly. Let them beat let each them other play. up. L- listen, if you're playing on wild card weekend, you're scared as hell. If you're the Jacksonville <laughs> Jaguars, the Baltimore Ravens, or the Miami Dolphins, guess who you get to play? Either Tomlin, the Browns defense, or Joe Burrow. God bless you. 888-SAY-ESPN. Bless your heart. You can get in on Sportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us at 888-SAY-ESPN. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. Pepper. It's not the college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. Let's hear from you guys. AFC representative in the Super Bowl right now, the Chiefs or the field? Because what we've learned, the field is damn good. One of those members of the field could have the front runner for the MVP. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Ravens Radio. WBAL in Baltimore. Do you realize the Ravens? Have a day, Keaton Mitchell, by the way. We got to shout out Keaton Mitchell. East Carolina fame. He was outstanding <laughs> yesterday. What was that? The party horn. The, yeah, the party, party horn, horn for Keaton Mitchell. Fire to get that. His dad, his, dad, his dad played for the Baltimore Ravens? I mean, we should give him a shout-out. Shout-out. The, the Ravens some, deserve a lot of shout-outs. You realize you what some, they've done to these teams? You got some burn yesterday, a buck 38 on the ground. That's pretty good days at work. That's a pretty good day at the office. I guess a, they don't a, need a, a running back. A buck 38 on nine carry small. <laughs> That's how good Baltimore is. They're really good. They had. Oh, think They're about this. Really they good. had over 500 yards in total offense. Lamar Jackson only threw for 187 yards. <laughs> They didn't need to. They have outscored. Think about this. They have played two games over the last three weeks against oh NFC, quote-unquote, powers, the Lions and the Seahawks, mm-hmm. and they have outscored those two teams 75-9. to nine. Yeah. 75-9. to nine. Basically, if the Baltimore Ravens get to the Super Bowl, you can guarantee that they're going to win the Super Bowl because they never lose against NFC teams, and they destroy NFC teams, and Lamar Jackson absolutely annihilates NFC teams. 
What's more likely right now, Lamar wins the MVP or Baltimore finishes with the one seed in the AFC? Both are both are things you can make compelling cases for. Um, but I would say that it's more likely that they finish with the one seed. But CC? Lamar could be the MVP too. Right, I don't that's know. the thing. That's that, tough. That's the put say, in perspective Lamar, on this. I would say Lamar winning the MVP because I, I think I think the Kansas City Chiefs by virtue of the division that they're playing in, yeah. is going to have a better crack at winning the number one seed in the AFC. Remember, we just talked about the AFC North. Baltimore still got to see a lot of those teams. They still got to play the Cleveland Browns. They still got to play the Bengals again. They still got to play the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they've already lost to the Steelers. So, like, like that's the thing. I would probably lean toward Lamar winning the MVP versus, versus the Ravens having the number one seed. But I'll say this. The Ravens' defense is – Lights out. Like, I mean, their, their defense is amazing. And I know everybody's going to point to Roquan Smith, and they should. Patrick Queen, and they should. Kyle, Van, Kyle, Kyle Hamilton, which they should. And Kyle Van Noy, who's of New England Patriots fame, who played well yesterday, had a couple of sacks. But there are two guys that are unsung heroes on the Ravens defense that I want to give a little love to. And why not? They played the position that I used to play. Michael Pierce and Justin Matabike. Matabike is one of the best defensive tackles in all of football. Through nine games, he's got seven and a half sacks. That's hard to do at that position. I mean, to be on pace for what, 13, 14 sacks as a defensive tackle, that is absolutely getting it done. And that was the biggest question mark for Baltimore coming into the season. Where are they going to get pass rush from? But they got the pass rush yesterday. Van Noy answered the bell. Odafe Owe had a sack yesterday. Matabike had a sack. So when when they've got guys that can get after the quarterback and they're using four-man rush to do it as opposed to having to add pressure – that all of a sudden changes the math in terms of how the back end of that defense can play uh, and the challenges that they can present for opposing quarterbacks. So I'm bullish on the Baltimore Ravens, and I get it. You've got an MVP-level quarterback, but to me the biggest reason why is that defense. So the defense has been amazing. We haven't seen production like this since their historic 2000 defense. The Ravens lead the NFL in fewest points allowed, 13.8 per game. It's their best mark in that category for the first nine weeks of a season since 2000. Yeah, they're dominating they're both dominant. sides of the ball, and they have the best kicker maybe in the history of the sport. Don't don't forget that part of it. On the flip side, by the way, I don't know if Geno Smith wore Allen on the back of his jersey in honor of Josh yesterday, <laughs> but he has four straight games with two-plus turnovers. That is a problem. Two plus in four straight games. All right, Chiefs or the field in the AFC? 888 say ESPN. James in Louisiana listening on 103.7 ESPN in Louisiana. What's up, James? Hey, man, it's definitely the field. You guys just spelled it out with Baltimore's defense, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and Cincy. It's got to be the field. And on the quarterback situation, it's so crazy that my Saints have a top 10 or 15 fringe quarterback in Derek Carr, which I'm not a fan. And they got four quarterbacks that could start for the Giants or the Cardinals. Now, that last part is interesting. Thanks for the phone call. They definitely have three, right? That The Giants or Cardinals, Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, and Taysom Hill are probably better than anybody those two teams have. But not for the goal of what they're trying to accomplish right now, which is high up in terms of the draft. But, yeah, Derek Carr is a top 10 to 15 quarterback. I'm not sure that I would go there necessarily. But yeah, No, not this year. <laughs> no, not this year and maybe not m- most of his years. But, yeah, the field is insane. Like, that's the thing. The AFC, there's no easy out in the AFC right now at all. Matt and Phoenix listening on 98.7 Arizona Sports. What's up, Matt? Hey, guys. I'm, uh, I'm taking the Chiefs, and I'm going to tell you why. Listen, we need to start considering – Andy Reid and Steve Spagnola on that Bill Belichick uh, chameleon 
aspect. Listen, Spags, the king of in-game adjustments. Listen, they just held one of the best offenses in the NFL to 14 points. And I think Brett Veach needs to get more credit building through the draft, building that defense. And listen, NFC Championship, get Nick Bolton back, and uh, and the offense will figure it out. I, I have a feeling, uh, you know, the receivers continue. Listen, winning's the best thing for this team right now. Patrick Mahomes is on that same Tom Brady echelon as far as just, you know, he's got that clutch gene. He's cut from a different cloth. Listen, all of the front office, the coaching staff, Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, I'm not worried. They're going to fall figure it out and listen if it wasn't for Chiefs blunder Patrick Mahomes would be undefeated against Lamar Jackson that's all I'm going to say yeah thanks for the phone call here's the thing on the Chiefs versus the field argument CC brought up the point and it's a good one of okay if we're taking the field you're taking the field to win at Arrowhead in an AFC title game yeah because you just you have to project them in there if we're going to do the Pats historical comp the Pats were in the AFC championship game eight straight years there's no reason to think the Chiefs won't be there maybe and some so the field would have to win a game at arrowhead to go to the super bowl which is not impossible but i don't know that i would pick that highly unlikely yeah i don't know that i would pick that highly unlikely i'm just sitting here thinking about it the chiefs have the eagles the Bengals, and the bills those are the only teams i believe that they have remaining on their schedule that have a winning record that's it i mean they got the raiders twice they got the chargers they got the packers they got the patriots all right, so I'll ask again. Chiefs to the fields in the AFC. I said the Chiefs. I'm still saying the field. I said the Chiefs. Just okay. because what the field is so me? stacked. Joey in Alabama wow. listening the, on Sirius look XM. At the, look at the odds for Kansas City. There are plus 225 to win the conference. The Ravens are the next closest team at plus 450. Yeah. Well, that's because people are assuming exactly what you said. As the ah. AFC increases around Kansas City, the road to the Super Bowl still will go through Kansas City. No doubt. Uh, Joey in Alabama on Sirius XM 80. What's up, Joey? Hey, I agree with most of you guys. Uh, it will go through Arrowhead, but I, I, I would stay with uh, Smalls and say the field. But I got a quick comment on another thing. Everyone keeps saying this. Dolphins can't win the big game. Who has Dallas beat this year? Isn't that the same thing? Yeah, no, we've oh, said we that about Dallas too. <laughs> yeah, we've said that about Dallas. It's the same. It's the same I don't. I, we have to find a different word than narrative because people like to say narrative, including us. It's the same facts, right? It's not a narrative. No. We can look at the Miami Dolphins and they're six and zero against teams under five hundred and zero and three against teams over five hundred. Not a narrative. Dallas Cowboys in games against teams that are considered really good or above five hundred are not as good as when they're playing bad teams. Did not lead the show in saying that the Cowboys and the Bills were pretenders. Yes. Yeah. I mean that, that's what we led the show with. The, the Cowboys are pretenders. I'm not taking the Cowboys seriously as a team that can win the Super Bowl until they show me they can beat a good team. Terrible. Something like that, yeah. Did Jim Harbaugh know or he didn't know? We'll find out next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. <laughs> well done, Pat. Well done. This is such a jam. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. So, Connor Stallions, no longer employed by Michigan. He is the alleged sign stealer, and over the weekend, he decided to walk away and resign. Claimed in his resignation by way of his lawyers that this was something that Jim Harbaugh did not know about, the university did not know about, which in some ways does confirm that something happened, not that we didn't think something happened. The extent of it is what, obviously, everybody's looking into. And Michigan specifically, and they are fair to do this, whether you like them or not and like Harbaugh or not, are asking the Big Ten for due diligence in this process right now. Does the Big Ten give it to them? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, but I don't know how the Big Ten can levy some form of discipline without knowing what Jim Harbaugh was aware of, right? Because I get that even if he's unaware of it, if he's ignorant to it, there still has to be a punishment. But you got to make sure in this instance that the discipline fits the crime. And you got to know to what extent Jim Harbaugh knew what was happening in terms of what Connor Stallions was doing, the lengths that he would go to in order to acquire the information and steal the signs. Like, that's the part where it gets a little bit sticky for me, Smalls, and why I think that the Big Ten has to allow the investigation to, to play out what the NCAA is doing and any other uh, tangential investigations that may happen. I don't think this is something that they can do in the middle of the season while competitive games are going to be played because all of a sudden you could put Michigan in a situation where they're at a competitive disadvantage for this year, and I don't think that's fair to those kids. Yeah, they certainly have to do their due diligence, and I hope that they are because even though Connor Stallions is saying that Jim Harbaugh had no direct knowledge of this, I always go back to the question of why. Why are you going to go to such great lengths to disguise yourself, to get on the sidelines, to be stealing these signs, and then you're going to bring that information back in the building and somehow not filter it all the way up to the food chain, to the head coach? Why would you do that? So I've been thinking about that. Why? Right. I it just th- doesn't make sense to me. No, it The not- math is not mathing, and I hope that the Big Ten and the NCAA is looking into this. Yeah, uh, you're right. The math doesn't math. The math is it's, not it's hella sus, but I will say this. <laughs> it's, like, it's one of those things that you have to be able to prove. There, there has to be, uh, I guess, it, in my mind's eye, there has to be something tangible that you can point to in order to drop the hammer on Jim Harbaugh. The program is already going to receive some kind of sanctions moving forward. We all know that. Like, Michigan football is going to have to deal with some form of punishment. But what Jim Harbaugh's punishment remains to be seen because we don't know to what extent he was aware of the operation that Connor Stallions is going in. Like, if he was completely oblivious to it, if he didn't know what Connor Stallions was doing, then I think we're talking about a different punishment. If he was aware of it and they can prove it, that changes the math. But this thing... 
it's starting to get a little gray in terms of who knew what and how they found out because there's a report out there by On3 that's talking about how Ryan Day, the head coach of Ohio State, uh-huh. his brother has a PI firm based in New Hampshire and how they were the ones that uncovered a lot of the goings-on when it comes to Connor Stallions and the computer and all of the different files. So we'll have to see where the investigation leads in terms of all of the different actors and how this thing unfolds. But this is messy for the Big Ten. This is not what they want in the middle of a season where you're talking about the, the the two teams that are at the top of the conference actually having a chance to win a national title. We can only hope that that's true. For the sake of the show, that somehow Ohio State actually employed the PI firm that has been reported that would out be there. But I have yeah. an answer to your question. Now, the you, why? Yeah. The why of it all. So so this is not something that I necessarily believe. But I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with the answer as to like how they would go about defending themselves that Harbaugh knew none of it. Right. So you have a lower level assistant coach who's trying to prove himself to the head coach and that he would prove himself by having these unbelievable scouting reports that are better than anyone else and that he would basically cheat to get those scouting reports to make himself look good to Jim Harbaugh. Now, that feels a little bit like Ponzi scheme-ish, like, wait a minute, I shouldn't have these returns on my investments here. These are way higher. I shouldn't know every sign that the opposition has. That doesn't come off as an argument that would hold up. That's the only art. That's the only counter that I would have. Oh, but yeah, they- but let me tell you why that's not true, though. Because we saw that Connor Stallions resigned from the program on Friday. That like he's executing the game plan. Like, hey, if and when somebody uncovers this, this is what we have to do. We're going to disassociate ourselves from you, and you do the same. Right. So we can protect the program. So we can have plausible deniability. This was preconceived. Connor Stallion stepping down is not something they say, oh, well, all of this is going on. I don't want to be a distraction to Michigan football. Hogwash. <laughs> they had this plan from the giddy up. From the outset of this, hey, if this happens, if we get found out, if it hits the fan, you're going to have to resign. We are going to have to use you as our fall guy because we can't afford for that guy to be Jim Harbaugh. We can't find a better coach for our program than Jen Harbaugh. Well, then we they're going to follow the money on that one, right? Because then people are going to start looking into, well, what did he get Well, good for luck resigning? following that paper trail. Yeah, that's the good thing. Good luck finding that one. Yeah. And if you find that one, you'll find Jimmy Hoffa. I think he's under the stadium. He used yeah, to play uh, Exactly. That's what that, <laughs> yeah. that's my, but that's the whole point in all right, of this. Right, right. Of course. That's the whole point of this. But they better hope that if Jim Harbaugh did know or upper-level members of the team did know that they have it locked locked down. Because I always look back to the Houston Astros, right? As soon as those players and people in baseball got wind of this and they felt like they were absolved of punishment, everybody started singing, singing like a bird. You know, there was enough <laughs> smoke and they said, oh, I'm not going to get in trouble if I talk. I just hope that when the pressure is turned up, that people don't start revealing information that we that we don't know about or the NCAA doesn't know about or the Big Ten doesn't know about. But I also go back to the – in completely different circumstances. But when everything went down at Northwestern with Hazing and Pat Fitzgerald, we said, you are the head of this operation. You are not absolved of this. If you didn't know, you should have known. And the same thing applies to Jim Harbaugh. Again, completely different set of circumstances. But if he is the, ed- the head of the operation – and he is somehow this information is being fed into his program. Shouldn't he be asking the questions? Why? How do you know all the signs? Where are you getting this? How are you doing this? Like, hell no, I'm he, not going to ask. You know why? Because I don't want to know the answer. But if he's but not here, asking, that's here, a problem but, too. But you're right, though. And that's what I'm saying. Ignorance is not going to be an excuse. Nobody is sitting here saying that Jim Harbaugh is not going to be held accountable. He is. There's going to be some punishment. I guess my whole point is 
how do we know the extent that the punishment should go if we haven't had conclusive information from the investigation and the the findings that they have thereafter? Like that's that's my point. Like we we just don't know how far the rabbit hole goes, and so until we know what Jim Harbaugh knew in that time and space when he's being fed information about the signs with, from Connor Stallions, until we know how much he actually knew about the operation, then I think it makes it impossible to levy the kind of punishment that would fit the crime. And that's why I yeah. think you got to preach patience when it comes to the the discipline that, that you want to see imposed on Michigan's program and on Jim himself. Now, I get it. Those other Big Ten coaches, they don't want to wait around like that <laughs> no. because if you take Michigan off the board, then all of a sudden everybody's got new life, including yep. Ohio State. Ryan Day, I ain't been able to beat Michigan in three years. It would help if I ain't got to worry about Jim Harbaugh being on the sidelines for the game uh, when we get to Thanksgiving weekend. So I, I guess that would be the whole point of it all, like – should you put the program at a competitive disadvantage in haste, knowing that you haven't completed the investigations, gotten all the findings, and know exactly what Jim Harbaugh did or didn't know? Right. I, I think that that is a little too aggressive, even though that's what all of the coaches in the Big Ten want. And that's where it's interesting, because you just said, let the punishment fit the crime. I think the NCAA and the Big Ten, and we all, we know there is a crime. We yes. don't know what the crime actually is. <laughs> Did the you, crime could be ignorance. Right, but did you order it or enable it? And there are two different things there, Not, and I'm not defending either one of them. The other thing that's interesting, and credit to Nuno, our producer, for putting this in my ear before the show, and I guess it came from Ryan Glasspiegel of the New York Post, Wisconsin guy, so uh, shout out to him, that the NFL has kind of let it leak out there. Hey, if Harbaugh gets in trouble with college and he wants to come to the pros, we may have to enforce some sort of suspension as they did with Jim Trestle. Well, Antonio Pierce got in trouble at Arizona State, and he's the head coach of the Raiders. Now, he didn't come to the NFL as an intended head coach. He worked his way up to being the head coach, but you currently have a head coach that I think is under investigation in some – the program was under investigation that he was a part of. So how are you then going to apply that same logic to Harbaugh? You can't. I, I don't think the NFL gives a damn about hypocrisy <laughs> or inconsistencies when it comes to the way that they impose discipline. Haven't they shown that? I don't think the NFL. They don't they care about have. fairness. They, 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 they've me, been loose and fast care. when it comes to suspensions. But if you're Harbaugh, don't care. it don't matter. But CC, if you're Harbaugh's agent slash lawyer, you're looking into every part of the Antonio Pierce thing right now. No, yeah, I mean you, you have to. You, you have to have that as you ammo. can. It ain't gonna help you. The NFL is a private business. They can do whatever the hell they want. And guess what? When it comes to them being inconsistent with suspensions and discipline, you know what? It doesn't affect. Their bottom line. Never. We don't seem to care. Never. Things seem unfair for certain actors in the NFL. Guess what doesn't matter? None of that matters because people are still going to turn on and watch. People are going to bet on football. They're still going to have their fantasy football leagues. Everybody is going to be locked in. That's just what it is. No doubt. But I don't believe an NFL team should have to have show cause, let's just say, like they would in college if they want to hire Harbaugh after the season. If the Bears or the Chargers want to go out there, just as two examples, and hire Harbaugh, I don't think they should have to prove the why behind it, even if he's suspended in college. I, do, I just don't. I think it's ridiculous. You don't think they should, but that doesn't mean the NFL won't require that. Yeah, I know, and, and I think that would be it, wrong. Right? That's like what you're saying is a perfect world argument, and we know that life in the NFL is not a perfect world. So. Yes, and I know. No matter what anyone does, when they do it, and how they do it, 
We're still watching on Sundays. And that's the reality of the NFL. It's, it is king it's by a mile. I, I can't believe the things that the NFL has been able to get away with. Yeah, yep. please. Exactly. I, I can't believe it. Honestly, they've done everything possible to try to turn people away from this, and we cannot get enough. We are a society and a country that is addicted to the NFL. Right. So then we're openly acknowledging there may be a double standard when it comes to application of made-up rules, and we're preemptively striking on that double standard. Breaking news in the NFL. You think that, that Jim, Jim Harbaugh maybe not getting a punishment is going to be something that's going to make people turn off the television? Never, never, never. never. But it is completely. He's a, already unlikable. <laughs> but he's already unlikable. They'll hate watch him. Exactly. The ratings will go up because they will hate watch him. Exactly. Coming up, I'm over it on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Hogwash. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is time for I'm Over It on Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Pat Costello, our producer, gives us topics, things in life that he's over for small CC and I, Evan Cohen, to react to. Pat, what do you got for us? Sorry to hit my music there. I'm doing a lot. You know, i got a lot going on back here. Uh, Turn your music up. Right? (laughs) The the first one is one Chris Canty. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Okay, buckle up. I feel attacked. A little bit. Uh, you always say that kickers aren't people. Well, we saw something that happened uh, yesterday that I want to uh, grow you a little bit on. Here's how it sounded. Agunbowale will try it. A 29-yard attempt from the left hash mark. Weeks will snap. Cameron Johnston will hold Agunbowale, the running back, for the lead. Snap is down. The kick is up. And it's good! Dore Agunbowale for three, and the Texans are back in front. <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> we may be watching the changing of the game today and how it's played and how rosters are filled out. Unbelievable. That was a running back kicking a field goal. Chris Canty, are running backs not people? First of all, I said kickers are barely people. Barely. So I'm acknowledging some form of humanity in there. And I said kickers aren't football players. But in this instance, Agumba Wale is a running back. Yeah, He's listed as a running back on the roster. Not a kicker, not a punter. He's not a specialist. Even though he can actually kick a football, if anything, this gives credence to what the hell I was saying. Like, kickers are overrated. Punters are overrated. You need need to help me with something. I'm being serious. I've had this this confusion for my entire life. What's up? Why can't kickers be backup punters and punters be backup kickers? I don't know. I don't know. Dare Agumbawale is a running back. Say that name again. Dare Agumbawale. Nicely done. 
you know where he went to college? No, I don't. On Wisconsin. So that's yeah. why I had some practice saying that. Yeah. But why can't – what did – okay, I'm going to use your your assessment as an NFL player. What's up? What do, what do they do all day? I don't know. Why can't they cross-train? I'm yeah. sure when you play tackle or end, you cross-trained on the other position, correct? Yeah, exactly. Why can't a kicker cross-train on punting? I, I don't know. It drives it, me I, nuts. I have no idea. But, I mean, kickers are always those people that you point to and you say, why can't you just do your job better? Why can't you be better? Like we saw it again in the Kansas State-Texas game, and I hate to go after college kids, but I'm going to do it when you miss a 27-yard field goal with less than two minutes to go to tie the damn game. The team got the ball on the nine-yard line. They're depending on you. It's fourth and two. Rather than go for it and say, you know what, we're going to march our kicker out there, kick a field goal, at least we can tie it, maybe force overtime. No. Chris Tanner from Kansas State decides he's going to blow a 27-yard field goal, and they end up losing the game to a top-10 opponent. I just I don't understand it. It's maddening to me, and I get it. This is a college kid, so he's got class. But when you're at football practice, when you're at football practice, you know those other guys that got class on the team. They're practicing football. They're depending on you to make that kick. Make the damn kick. Okay, let me ask you this. Is the vibe in the locker room different if a kicker misses an easy field goal that would win the game as opposed to a wide receiver dropping a ball in the end zone that would win the game? Like, do you react differently? Is the vibe differently if the kicker is the one that blows the game? Yeah. You yeah, do? Yeah, the vibe is different. The vibe is different. It is. Okay. Like, if the offense or defense goes out there and get their ass whipped, that's one thing. But, like, if the kicker goes out there after you fought for 58 minutes – or 59 minutes, and he misses the kick, and it's in gimme range. Yeah. That means less than 50 yards. Yes. If you miss that kick, then at this point we're like, what are you doing? <laughs> why, why are you cashing a check this week? You have one job. <laughs> one. One job. If you can't do that job, then what good are you to us? So there's a lot of side-eye in the, the, the Texans broadcast did bring up something very interesting, and this is the utilization of roster. If a guy like Dare Gumbawale can be a running back and a kicker, there is value in that. Then, then Pat's whole premise that oh, kickers are not people. That guy's not a kicker. Well, well, he what, just what, happens, what happens when the running back gets hurt? Well, then that's you have your a kicker. Then, that's, that's why. You then maybe the punter could be a backup that's kicker. Why, that's why, why, why is that so hard? <laughs> Cece, I'm blaming you. Why can't it happen? It drives me crazy. Oh, here we go. Canty kickers on the beef list. Well, why? Uh, this is not Number new. Five but this is not new news, backs. though, Smalls. This is not new news. I know, but I feel yeah. like it's gone up in the rankings. It, it should right, be. Pat, what else you got? It's, it's close to the top. Yeah. What Kick, else, Pat? Kickers and running backs, not people, according to Canty. Uh, Michelle wow. Smallman. Oh, no. Here we go. I've recently come to the knowledge that you uh, have not seen the movie Rocky, and this is completely unacceptable. I haven't. I can't believe that this is even remotely true, and frankly, it's a little bit un-American. It is true. I have not seen... The film Rocky. I any of them? Any of them. The Creed movies? No, none of them. I haven't seen a lot of sports movies, actually. Have you seen Rudy? Yes. Have you seen Hoosiers? No. Never seen Hoosiers? No, I know. I've not seen the program. There, I haven't seen a ton What's of sports happening? movies. I want Varsity I, Blues? Of course, yes. What do you mean, of course? You haven't seen all the other ones. <laughs> of course. And I, I, have, I, have, seen I have terrible one ones that I haven't seen, but not so, sports related. Remember the Titans? I'm more of a, yes. I'm okay. more of a TV show girl okay. than I am a movie person. And right. in my youth, I just didn't watch a lot of these movies. You know, I was a girly girl. I was watching The Little Mermaid. I wasn't watching Rocky. I was a girly girl, too, but I still watch the sports <laughs> movies. Uh, 
I mean, come on. But I am going to Philadelphia for the first time this weekend. Uh So I'm going to, for you, Pat, watch Rocky in preparation of my trip. And I also need to do some research and find the best Philly cheesesteak in Philly because I've never had a Philly cheesesteak before either. And I want to have my first one in Philly. Pat, where are we at with Philly cheesesteaks? Best place to have it. It's an easy one. Delisandro's. Delisandro's. There we go. Uh, Rocky Four, the best Rocky. Agreed. Ridiculous. See, here's what happened. The first one is good, though. The first, the first one is really first good. The first one's the best one. Yeah, first first one's the first one ended amazing. communism. Yeah. I know nice. that he says it. Ro- Rocky IV is like the... the it's awesome. It's, it's, but it's an 80s movie, right? Oh, we've got this montage with cool music <laughs> behind it. I love it, it. That's the majority of the movie. The majority <laughs> of the movie is... Mo- is mo- exactly. Is, is montages behind hit songs. You That's know, what you got. Do I really need to see it? I know he runs at the steps. He yells Adrian. I think he wins at the end. Spoiler alert, right? Doesn't he win? Let's stop. You're not watching it before Saturday. Yes, I am. Small stop it. I'll watch it on Wednesday when there's no football. If you have to pick one to watch, it's the first one. Okay. It's the first one. Can I watch four if I haven't watched the first three? Just watch the the first four. All of them. Just watch (laughs) all of them? (laughs) Okay. What else we got, Pat? Anyone who thinks that yellow or orange star... This song's playing the rest of the segment, by the way. Uh, Anyone who thinks that yellow or orange starburst are the best... Just go away. Red Get out Starburst. of my face. Red, no, red are the best. it's pink. Red and pink are the best. Red are the best. It's pink by a landslide. I would say red, orange, yellow, pink is my order. My wife is weird. She loves the the orange and the yellow ones. She what? Loves I don't think she's weird for what? that. No, yes, Pat's like, weird for no, that. She is. So she'll yes. open the pack and pick those out first? Yes. Or, or like she Ooh. she loves Mike and Ike's. And I, I hate that I'm telling on you, Mel, but this I got to do it to you, baby. Like she <laughs> loves Mike and Ike's for the yellow and the green ones. And like like she, lemon lime kind yeah, of she So loves, she's she, the perfect person to share candy with. Them. No doubt, because I get all of the flavors that I really want anyway. If I all get Starburst and someone's like, can I have one? And I open the pack and there's pink next, I'm going to open it twice to see what's behind the pink because you're not getting the pink. Yeah, exactly. There's no way. I think red is the best by far. Ow. The cherry ones are awesome. I love those. I mean, you can get the packs now. Fave Reds. Oh, those are the and, best. And it's, got, it's got all pink and red ones. Fave Reds. <laughs> oh, it's slaps. the best. It is the best. Never even knew that. There's oh, a, yeah. Wow. Fave Reds? Fave Reds. That's where it's yeah. at. Yeah. Fave Red. Fave Yeah, it's got not the cherry, the strawberry. No, not Ski. related to sexy. No, exactly. But that's what I said when I saw that, though. <laughs> Fave Reds. <Ski. laughs> Coming up. Did we just Moral come Victory with a Season. Moral Victory Season. Let's go on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.